we would like to greet and welcome everybody that have gathered together or are listening to the Lord's Word. I would like to speak today more about the grace of God. And I trust that that would encourage and reprimand and warn and do whatever the Lord has on his heart for each one of us. So we'll pray together and then we'll uh, hand over to the choir to sing after which we'll continue with the service. We just have to, uh, we regret to have to announce that the passing away of Mr. Dani Bosman, which we fondly knew as Wim Dani or Uncle Dani. He passed away very unexpectedly um, last night or two ago. He was But the family uh, had the privilege of it was actually last night that he passed away, and the family had the privilege of being with him through the day yesterday and had a blessed time with him. Friends, this is where we're all heading to. And it should, we should live such lives that nobody, uh, none of us is surprised if that day comes and knocks on our door. Then it's actually a day of relief and joy. I'll never forget a few portions in the Old Testament. Where God speaks about some of the heroes of the faith. And where the Bible says he passed away and the Bible uses the words and he rested from his works. That time is coming, but for us who still have the day uh, and who can still work, let us exploit every minute to labor for the Lord and for his kingdom. 
kumele ukuba sebenze sikusayisemini sisane sikhathi sisebenze ngawo wonke amandla ethu sisebenzele umbuso kaNkulunkulu The day will come when we will rest from our works but all of us sitting here we still have time to labor for the Lord let's pray and then we'll ask the choir to come forward Lord what a joy what a privilege and what Peace does it not bring to our hearts to know that we can speak to the one who is, who was, and who will be forever. Kosi kwaze kwa intogozo, kwaze kwa inkutazo, ukubas ngawazi, ukuluma nae, owaye kona, okona, nozoba kona. We know that our lives are like the grass of the field. Today we hear and tomorrow we've gone. But what brings meaning to our lives is the fact that we can know you. Knowing you makes something out of us and brings meaning to our lives. We pray that you'll be with the family of Wemdani. That you'll strengthen, quicken them, and give them your peace. And even this time, though it's a tragic time, that it will be a blessed time for them. Be with us in the meeting today. In the name of our Lord and Master, Jesus the Christ, we ask it. Amen. Amen. So if the choir can come.
as I have mentioned last Sunday the theme of the message was the grace of God and I would like to dig a bit deeper into the meaning of what the grace of God means in a Christian's life. I would like to look at different scenarios uh, that we get from the Old Testament that show us exactly under those circumstances 
what the grace of God teaches a person to do. Ngifisa kukuthinta izehlakalo eyikhona e-Testamentene elidala ezizivezela ngokusobala ukuthi wenzani umusaka nkulunkulu. But before we continue let's just pray once again. Ngaphambi kokuba siqhubeke asithandaze. Once again we cast ourselves heavenly father into your hands. Siyaphinda uNkulunkulu wethu siyazinikela ezandleni zakho. Please be merciful to us. Siyakhuleka inkosi ukuba ube nomusa kithi. Grant us everything we need so that everybody can hear your voice. Siyakhuleka inkosi ukuba usiphe konke esigidingayo ukuba ilona iloya kwazi ukuzwa iphimbo lakho. Touch the lips of the speaker even though it may be coming in weakness. Siyakhuleka inkosi ukuba uthinte izindebe zomntwana wakho zokukhuluma nakuba eza inkosi ekhuluma ngobuthaka. And touch the ears of those who listen that they will hear. Ebesuthinta inkosi izindlebe zalabo abalalele ukuba bezwe. And the eyes of those who listen that they'll see your finger. Nalabo inkosi ababukelayo uthinta amehlo abo ukuba babone isandla sakho. We ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus. Konke lokhu siyacela egameni lenkosi yesu Jesu. Amen. Amen. So the covering verse for the message is found in the book of Titus, the epistle of Paul, the apostle to Titus. Mongoge wendime soyifunda utholakala encwadini ka Titus okuyincwadi yompostolu Pauli ayibhalela umzalwana Titus. After Thessalonians then Timotheus and then Titus in the New Testament. Kuba abasethosolonika kube incwadi kuTimotheu bese siyayithola incwadi ka Titus. From chapter 2 and we'll be reading verse from verse 11. Sizofundi sahluko sesibili siqala ukufunda endimeni yeshumi elinomuvu For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men Ngokuba umusa kaNkulunkulu wokusindisa ubonakalisiwe kubantu bonke Just take note to all men the grace of god has appeared kaphela lokhu ke ukuba umusa kaNkulunkulu ubonakalisiwe kubantu bonke there's none of us sitting here who can say and listening or all over the world who can say the grace of god has not appeared to them akekho ngazilandulela mhlawumbe ohleli phakathi kwethu nomolalele emhlabeni wonke jikelele ongathi yena umusa kaNkulunkulu awambuliwe kuye What is the effect of the grace of God in our lives Unomthelela munu umusa kaNkulunkulu empilweni zethu na We read that in the next verse verse 12 Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present world umthelela womusa kaNkulunkulu siyafunda ngawo kulelivesi leshumi nambili uyasifundisa ukuba sidele ukungakholwa nezinkanuko zezwe sihambe ngokuqonda nangokulunga nangokumesaba uNkulunkulu kulesi sikhathi samanje it teaches us to 
deny worldliness and ungodliness, we ask for this and worldly lusts and teaches us how to live soberly. Oh, friends, to live soberly is one of the most difficult, biggest challenges in a Christian's life. Because our sobriety, our soberness is affected by relationship of people we interact with. That we cannot judge a situation in our families in a sober way anymore. And in the light of all the different temptations, trials, and tests we may be faced with in this world, it teaches us to live righteously. And to live godly in this present world. Don't say, no, hang on God, I can't live this life in this present world. The, you know, Lord, this world has become so evil, so full of debauchery and immorality. You cannot live soberly anymore. No, listen to the Lord. Let the Lord teach you because His grace teaches us. You won't know it out of your own strength and your own knowledge. No, you and I must be taught by God how to handle all these different challenges. How to handle times of joy like the wedding which we witnessed last Sunday. But if we have an ear to hear, God's grace will also teach me how to handle times of tragedy and mourning, as we have heard today. So, friend, allow the Spirit of God, the grace of God, to teach you these things.
Ngakoke bazalwana simvumele uNkulunkulu asifundise zonke lezizinto ngomoya wakho ingwele. And I've often cried out to the Lord. Kaningi ngiyenkhale kuNkulunkulu and said Lord please be patient with me be merciful to me. Ngikhale kuNkulunkulu ngithi inkosi ngiyacela ungibekezelele ube nomusa kimi. Because Lord I learn so slowly. Kokuba inkosi ukufunda kwami kuhamba kancane. Uh, let's look at a few practical examples from God's word. I want to start off by reading from the second book of Chronicles, just after the books of Kings, Kings 1 and 2, you get Chronicles, and this is the second Chronicles chapter 14. From verse 1. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa, his son, reigned instead. In his days the land was quiet ten years. Now what did the, the grace of God teach Asa or Asa? Verse 2, And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and break down the images and cut down the grooves. Wasusa ama altare abezizwe nezindawo eziphakemeyo wazibhidliza izinsika wabagawulo ashere And he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment Wamjelu Judah ukuba amfuna uJehova uNkulunkulu wawo yise awenze umthetho nemiyalo Verse 5 also he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet before him. Now let me just read verse 3 in another translation. It says, He took away the foreign altars, the places where people were sacrificing to idols. The high places. Oh, how many people are worshipping at the high places these days? They read magazines about the celebrities. 
Bafunda amapugu akulumagabanzi ngono ntanda kubuga nosaziwayo. To whom everybody is looking up to as a high place. Lapo bonka bantu bebugela gubo labo saziwayo njenga bantu abasenda wene ipagemeyo. And they dress like these celebrities. Na bantu besebeya kala bakore njenga abo labo nontanda gubuga. And they follow the example of these celebrities. Besebelande la zonki ibonelo ezvezwa ibo labo saziwayo. It's a high place. And then it says he broke down the idol pillars in this translation. Or obelisks. And cut down the asherim. And that the Bible says, this translation says, the symbols of the goddess Ishira. Kuleli humusho kulunyange impau zalon kulunkulu esfazane u ashera. Friends, do you know what they practiced when they worshipped Ashira? They practiced temple prostitution. In all these heathen temples, there were girls that served, and it was part of worshipping Asherah to go and have a sexual relationship with these girls in the temple of these idols. And if you read the writings of the ancient Hebrews, you see that there were manifestations of demonic powers when they slept with these people. Satan would come and visit you after you've been to this temple. And the demons will take all kinds of shapes. Some of them took the shape of a female. And they would appear to these men at night and come and sleep with these men. They were called succubus in Latin. Other demons took on the shape of a man. They were called incubus. And these men would come to the girls that have gone to these temple called prostitutes and slept with them. You see, if you sleep with people that are demonic possessed, then these demons is transferred to you and they start coming to you and visiting you. Asa had no fear whatsoever. 
He was brutal. Allow me to say this to your friend, your brother and sister. When the grace of God appears to you and me, it makes us brutally strict against any evil, any demonic thing in our lives. These verses didn't just say, oh, he cleans the land. No, it mentions one by one everything he had to clean the land from. And if the grace of God appears to you, he will mention to you everything you need to be cleansed from and you need to be saved from. And let me tell you, you will have to be brutal. In a way, brutal means violent. In a sense, violent to get rid of these idols and these sins in your life. There's no such thing as just glibly or just superficially confessing a few sins. I'll never forget some time ago I spoke to a doctor. And the, the connection was not good on the phone. And this doctor was obviously very busy. And we wanted this doctor to help us to turn around an abortion. Because we're getting more and more girls who go to the clinic, get the pills for an abortion, and then after they've swallowed the pills, they realize I'm taking the life of an innocent human being and then they want to reverse the process and stop the thing and not kill the baby. And it is possible to do that. The sooner you, you have remorse, the better the chances of saving the life of that child. And so we had to get hold of a doctor in the area where this girl stays who wants now, who's remorseful, who wants to change and save the life of her baby. And there was a doctor far away in a very rural area in Transkai. 
And then the noise and the reception over the phone was just terrible. And obviously the doctor was busy seeing patients and she didn't really feel that she had time to discuss the matter because there's patients to be seen. And the more I tried to explain, the more she, she challenged me and saying, why have you done this, have you done this? No, 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 no. And friends, I only lifted my voice as I spoke. And finally, we, we stopped the conversation. I had only lifted my voice while I was speaking. And the grace of God started teaching me. And the grace of God said to me, you did not react in a godly way when you raised your voice. You've damaged your testimony. And I wrestled with this for some hours. And in the end, I picked up the phone and phoned the doctor. And I said, listen, I just want to apologize for my reaction when we spoke the other day that I lifted my voice in such a way. And you know how blessed I was? She says, I'll gladly forgive you. Don't worry. And thank you so much that you took the trouble to phone me about this. When the grace of God starts teaching you, he'll put his finger on everything you've done in your life that you need to put right. And some of the things, friends, would be brutal and it will be painful. As painful as what Asa had to do. What was, I think, one of his most painful things? His mother was one of the people that promoted the worship of idols. And in the next chapter, chapter 15, verse 16, we read, even Marka, his mother, King Asa, removed from being queen mother, 
because she had made a detestable image of Asherah, Asa cut down her image, crushed it, and burned it in the brook Kidron. Siafunda wisasugose shuminantanu ivesile shumines tupa. Wamsusa umahaka unina ga asa inkosi ebukosgazin. Goguba wae menzele u asher. Istombe esing istombe esinengegayo u asa wakaula istombe sake wastolisisa wasishisa ngasemfujaneni ikitroni. Asa was not afraid to deal with whatever sin there was. He was fearless. Uasa wenge na mashoni, wenge na wesabuti, asebenzi sono, no mangabisi pesasiko. He cut down the image. Waskauli stombe. He crushed it to powder. Waskolisi sawa senza saba imbu kusaba imbu. And then on top of it, he burned it. Pezwaloko wasesisa. Tell me friends, have you done that? Aungjele mshobongabe onusuge wawenza loko na. Or are you tolerating some demons to come and visit you at night still? Because you're afraid to bring the things to the light, to confess it, and to come to the light with these things. Or maybe you're willing to confess it and bring it to the light. But to go and apologize to other people, now that's a different story. How strange, how superficial are we not? We should actually be embarrassed and ashamed to do it before the holy living God. But that doesn't make us ashamed. What makes us ashamed is to go and speak to other people about it. Friends, that's what the grace of God teaches us in this present world. And if you don't do this first step properly that Asa did of destroying all these idle places, Whatever your idol may be, whether your idol is to get a husband or a wife, or whether your idol is to have a child, do you know what the people did to these temple prostitutes? They were both male and female prostitutes in the idol temples. If a woman couldn't get children from her husband, she would go to the temple and she would have a sexual relationship with a prostitute hoping to get a child because the husband can't give her a child. 
wayihamba lo wesifazane ayethempelini ayimbandakanye nesenzo socansi nowesiliso dayisa umzimba ngethemba lokuthi uzothola umntwana ngokubo wakhe umkhwenyana kakwazi ukumnikeza abantwana because she maybe she saw her husband had children with other women because they practiced polygamy in those days. Asa was fearless. And then God changed everything and God brought him to a new situation. And we go to chapter 14, verse 8. We stole at chapter 14. Chapter 14, verse 8. And verse 8 we read, And Asa had an army of 300,000 from Judah, armed with large shields and spears, and 280,000 men from Benjamin that carried shields and drew bows. All these were mighty men of valor. And Zera the Ethiopian came out against them with an army of a million men and three hundred chariots and came as far as Marisha. Wapuma ugulwa nabo uzera umkushe enempi ezi nkulungwane ezi nkulungwane nezi ngola ezi ngamakula matatu wafiga emaresha. A massive army from the Ethiopians. Uzera lo waihola impi enkulu ngendele ngagazi bonagalezu. You know what Asa could have thought? Yazu kutu Asa waenga kabangani. Lord is that how you reward me? I've got rid of all the idols in our country. I was in danger of losing my whole nation because obviously many of the people in Israel were very unhappy with Asa for what he did. Lord, I am weak. I lost a lot of support amongst my people. Because I destroyed these idols and all these people. I'm sitting with a rebellion on me. Lord, you should protect me. You should save me. And on top of having enemies in my own nation, who's unhappy with me having dealt with the idols, now you send this massive army on the outside. I'm pressed from the inside and on the outside. 
Azashu asata unkosi pega izi sazamzi parati kwa bantwana bagwa Izraeli na azinezi nizi taivela ngapande ziza nempe nkulu nkindezelega ngaparati nkindezelega futi ngapande. Lord, you don't love me, you don't help me. You just harsh, you just hard on me. Ata unkosa unamusa gimi, aungpati gase, kotu unpata ngesishu. I can't, it doesn't go into my head. How can you treat me like this, Lord? Nothing of that in Asa. 14 verse 10. And Asa went out to meet him, and they drew up their lines of battle in the valley of Zarephath and Marishach. And Asa continued to trust the Lord. Listen, friends. The grace of God will teach you to have faith and trust the Lord. Asa went to pray. And he wasn't upset with God. His prayer was not a prayer of hopelessness. When you read his prayer, it lifts you up. It strengthens you. It makes you feel as if you can pray the same prayer. Just listen to this. Asa cried to the Lord, his God, O Lord, there is none like you to help. None are like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come against the multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. Jehovah nkulunkulu wetu, ngoguba sengnika guwe, sifige ngeka malako, kule sistugu, Jehovah wenu nkulunkulu wetu, maunga shulua mundu. Friends, we are going to face tight spot, difficult spot, impossible spot, where it seems to your human brain impossible to survive. But the grace of God will teach you to keep your faith in God and do it boldly and not in panic. Verse 12, So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. Isn't that wonderful? Once again, the, the grace of God was teaching Asa. 
Yavela futhi ukuthumusa kaNkulunkulu usuphinda futhi uyamfundisa Asa. Asa didn't say this is a hopeless situation Lord that you've brought us in. Asa kazangasha tha unkosi lesisimo ngenze ngabhekana naso singenza ngiphelelwe yithemba. I cleansed my life and just look what you've done to me. Beka sengihlanzile impilo yami kodwa buka manje ikupho kungehlelayo. Can I read to you a testimony of some young boy that also had experienced that grace of God in an impossible situation. Ngivumele ngikufundele ubufakazi bensizwa eyabhekana nesime sinzima kodwa yayisihlanga bezana nomusa kaNkulunkulu wayisiza lensizwa. And it's a testimony from behind the iron curtain. Lobufakazi kube sengazuthi buse ekhethini nelivaliwe elingemuva lensizwa. And I think by now you've realized that the testimonies from the persecuted church behind the iron curtain has become a point of special blessing to me because I often uh, mention such testimonies. This group was together in a prison. There were 30 of them, amongst them pastors who had been put in prison for preaching the gospel, which was not allowed. And on a certain day, the door was unlocked, a new prisoner was pushed in. First, we did not recognize him. But then one of the prisoners explained, but this is Captain Perpeshko. He was one of the worst torturers of the secret police. And now he was a prisoner with us. And they, they couldn't contain themselves, so they asked him, uh, uh, how did you arrive to be here amongst us? And this was what he said. One day he sat in his office. And the soldier on duty came into his office and said that there was a boy outside with a pot of flowers for this captain, this captain's wife. And the captain thought, what on earth is going on here? But it's okay, let him come in, let me hear his story. And the boy entered. And he said, comrade, captain, you see, all the communists call each other comrade. 
You blame you stay comrade whether you're the president or not you're a comrade. Umanga bekuthi uhulumeni noma unasiphi isikhundla kodwa nje ubizwa ngokuthi wena uyikomrade. You say comrade captain you are the one who have put in prison both my mother and my father. Wathi lo mfana wena kapteni comrade uwena ofake uma wami ejele kanye nobabwami. Today is my mother's birthday. Namhlanje kuhusuku lukamama wami lokuzalwa. I have the habit every year on this day out of my little pocket money to buy my mother a pot of flowers. Wayesethi lo mfanake ngijwayele yonke imnyaka ukuthi ngithatha imadlana yamencane bese ngithengela uma wami nje isitsha seyimbali. Because of you Captain Comrade I have no mother to rejoice today. Wathi lo mfana ngenxa yakho comrade captain angnaye namhlanje umama engizothokoza naye ngalolusuku But my mother is a Christian and has told us her children to love our enemies Wathi lo mfana kodwa umawami ungumkristu futhi usifundisile ukuthi sizithande izitha zethu And to reward evil with good Bese ke sikomelisa ububi ngobuhle And because of you I have no mother to rejoice I thought I will rather rejoice the mother of your children. Please take this pot of flowers to your wife. And tell her about my love. Besumtshela kabanzi ngothando olivela kimi and tell her about the love of Christ. Besuphinda futhi uyamchazela kabanzi ngothando luka Kristu. This was so much even for this communist torturer. Lokho kwaba into enzima nengajwayelekile kuye lo wayihlukumeza abantu eyikhomanisi. Tears ran down his cheeks. Inyembezi zehla zageleza ebusweni ba and he embraced the child wayiseke emanga lomfana because he was also created in the image of god ngokuba naye kalokho wayevele enziwe ngomfanekiso kaNkulunkulu and from that day on he could not torture any christian anymore kusukela kuleso sikhathi wayengasakwazi ukuthi ahlukumeze amakristo wayevela hlule he could not beat anymore he repented became a christian he ended with the other christians other 30 christians in prison tell me friends have that grace already appeared to you That grace of God has that grace of God taught you to love your enemies. Lo Musa kaNkulunkulu ngabusa ukufundisile yini ukuthi uthande izitha zakho na. But now we go to the next test that Asa was faced with. Manje ke sezidlulela kwesinye izivivinyo esilandelayo Asa bekanana. Another country came against him the Ethiopians and God helped him to overcome and fight against them by faith he overcame. 
Esinisizwe, ezvela kumakusha itopia safiku kubasilwe na ayu asa, unkulunkulu wa msiza ngokolo abana ake tembu unkulunkulu. And then something happened which happened, I think, only once or twice in the Old Testament. Kwasego kwetha esinisezo enkabanguti senzeka kabili mangaposise testament in eldala. You know that the nation of Israel broke into two. After Solomon's death, two tribes were on their own, Judah and Benjamin, from which the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, would be born one day. And the other ten tribes went on their own. But because these two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, possessed Jerusalem, which was the place where the temple was, and the ten tribes couldn't get to Jerusalem. They were afraid if they send their people to Jerusalem to sacrifice, they will go over to Judah's side. So they created Samaria as their capital, and they built an altar, and they had their priests, and they said, now do you people of Israel, you sacrifice in Samaria. And what was supposed to be one body, one nation of Israel with all 12 tribes was split into two. But the ten tribes started worshipping God in their way. They worshipped the same God. The same God of Israel, Jehovah God. But they worshipped him in their way. Whereas Judah worshipped God in the way God had told them to worship. Very often you find that in the Christian life and in the Christian world. We're all Christians. We all serve Christ, the Son of the living God. But there are those who serve Christ in their way. In their way. Friends, if you worship the living God, 
then you will have to worship him in his way. And let me tell you a secret. Every day of your life, you will have to die to your way of doing things and do things in God's way. You'll never stop dying to yourself for the rest of your life because all the time God will make you die to your way and worshiping God in His way. And, and the world outside stands and they look at these two groups and they say, well, they all worship Christ as the Son of God and they all worship the living God. What's the difference? But they don't realize that one of these groups are worshiping God in their way, bringing their kind of music into the church, bringing their kind of dress code into the church. It's their way of doing it. Friends, God never accepted the ten tribes a way of worshipping him. When the time was there for his son to be born, he was born from the tribe of Judah. And he went to Jerusalem for all the spiritual uh, practices and rituals. Never did he go to Samaria to worship there. Never. Actually, he met a woman at a well who was from Samaria. And she said, Sir, you teach me these things, but our fathers taught us to worship in Samaria and so forth. And the Lord Jesus said something which was to me very politically incorrect. He said to us straight out, Women, you worship what you don't know. Us Jews worship what we know. This is where we need the grace of God. The grace of God must teach us not to serve God in our way, not to drag our way of doing things into worshipping him. That is not acceptable. 
And that is not what God allowed. And God continued to, to let the Jews worship him in Judah. And there was no compromise. I'll never forget. Reverend Stegan stood here on this pulpit one day. And he said these words. He said, I can't remember one day since I became a Christian where I did not have to die to myself. Dear friend, don't let anybody deceive you. Don't let your children convince you to serve God in your way. Don't let your family convince you to serve God in your way that is pleasant to you and it suits your emotions and your feelings and your love. They will be getting nowhere with God. The person who serves God in his or her way gets nowhere with God. Yes, they can quote the Bible. Just like the ten tribes quoted the Torah and the scriptures of Moses and everything was for them the same. But God had said, in Jerusalem will my temple be, there you've got to sacrifice and not in Samaria. Even if the majority was the ten tribes, and you were only two tribes, only Judah and Benjamin, don't let them smuggle with your brain. Don't let them twist your brain and convince you of and deceive you. Okay, now I'm coming back to where I was. Then what happened here was a time came when the ten tribes wanted to make war against Judah and Benjamin. This is something they had never done, as I say, maybe, maybe twice, but I think maybe just once in the history of Israel. And for that we go to Second Chronicles chapter 16, and we'll start from verse 1. In the 36th year of Asa's reign, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah 
and built and fortified Rama, intending to intercept anyone going out or coming in to Asa, king of Judah. Gomnyaka wa mashuma matatu nesitupa wakubusa kuka Asa. Upahasha inkosya kwa Israel wakupuga ukhlaselu Juda. Waka irama uguze angafumeli muntu kupuma nongena kuasa inkosya kwa Juda. So this was a family fight. Manjenga bashobo lempi kwa kuhimpi yomdeni. Remember Asa had stood against strangers, the Ethiopians. But this time... It was a family fight, the, the, the ten tribes that came to fight against them. Then Asa lost his contact with the grace of God. Then Asa brought silver and gold out of the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent them to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, who dwelt at Damascus, saying, let there be a league between me and you, and as was between my father and your father. Behold, I am sending you silver and gold. Break your league with Baasha, king of Israel, that he may withdraw from me. And Ben Hadad hearkened to King Asa and sent the captains of his army against the cities of Israel. And they smote Lijon, Dan, Abel Maim, and the other cities of Naphtali. And when Basha heard of it, he stopped building Rama and let his work cease. Verse 7, At the time Anani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Syria, and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Syria has escaped you. Were not the Ethiopians and the Libyans a huge cost with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he gave them into your hand. So what is the tragic lesson we learn from here? Asa could stand a fight from enemies outside. 
But when it was his own people, the Israelites, the ten tribes, he failed the test. How often do we not overcome with tremendous opposition from the outside? But then we go and we fail inside our families. I turn against the Lord. Because there's a family member that irritates me or do not treat me well. Family, I've seen family members fight each other with teeth and claw for the heritage of their parents. They forget that they brothers and sisters, they fight each other, they take each other to court just for an heritage. We turn against each other, we fight, we claw, we bite. As Paul writes in one of his epistles, You with all your scratching and biting of each other, be careful that you don't devour each other. What was his biggest enemy, Asa's biggest enemy? He was logic and he depended on his logic and not upon the Lord. And do you know, just take a guess, where did he get the money from to pay for an outside king to come and attack Israel? Are you sitting because you won't believe this? He did not have the money. So he took money, golden objects from the temple of God and he bought or he purchased the Syrian king's favor with the utensils from the temple of God. He was so desperate in trusting people and not keeping his eyes on the Lord that he started taking things from God in order for him to be victorious. The moment 
you start taking things from the temple of God, things in your life that belongs to God, and you use it for your own benefit. People start taking and they start trusting their own judgment and not trusting the Lord. Firstly, they don't accept correction. You cannot talk sense into their heads. They get upset with you. They don't accept correction. Why? Because this is the temple of God. They've taken things from the temple of God for their own goals. And the result is he became angry, Isa, with everybody around him. These are my last points, friends. There's nothing that you and I possess that we can say is ours. Your heart should never belong to anybody else but to God. Your trust should never be in anybody else but in God. There is not loose trust lying around in your life that you can take and use. No, the only trust in a person's life belongs to God. He created you. You should trust him with all your heart. You should never draw nigh unto another person, get closer to a person, gets more attached to a person if it costs you from drawing nigh unto God. And you don't do that always consciously that you say, no, I'm taking from God and I'm using it. It it happens subconsciously without you realizing it. And you start trusting in yourself and your own judgment. And you start loving other people and other objects more than what you love the Lord. All your love, dear friend, belongs to God and in God's temple, and it shouldn't belong anywhere else. You should not take anything else back from God. Our attachment should be to God. If it's not like that, 
then we are actually taking from the utensils of the temple, that which belongs in the temple to God, you're taking that and you're using that for your own benefit and in order for you to serve God your way. Do you hear me? You're taking from the utensils that belongs in the temple of God and you use it in your way for your own benefit. Do you know what's happened to you? You have fallen from grace. That grace of God is not teaching you anymore. But there's good news. And listen to this. If you have fallen into that trap, I don't say, sorry friends, you on your way to hell and I can't help you, bye-bye. And none of us are saying that. But you know what we're saying is, go to the person where you've given some of your utensils, the, the, the temple of God's utensils. Go to that person and take it back. God's grace will remind you and teach you everywhere where you have given something away that belongs to God and he'll teach you to go and take it back. That's what God taught me with that incident with the doctor. I had to go back and apologize. And by God's grace, his peace returned to my heart. I had totally lost my peace. No peace. There was just no way in which I could continue to serve the Lord. Allow God's grace to show you how to fetch it back if you have been giving the utensils of the temple of God, if you've been giving it away. So let me just read Titus, the, those two verses again. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, 
we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And listen to this. Looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. We are so thankful to God for the word that we have heard today. This is a word that awakens us from our sleep. It does not matter how long you have been serving God for. Maybe that is the danger. If I have been serving God for so long that I take things lightly. I do not ask God for guidance or what to do. I do the things that make me part from God. It is not God's grace that teaches me how I should walk, every step that I should take. The danger of starting well and ending badly where you start by breaking down those high places and all those idols and then you end up falling in that danger where, the, where God has worked that you forget about it. May God's grace never stop working and guiding us and that we get to the point where we say we don't need to be taught anymore, we don't need to be guided anymore. And that we see this wonderful grace of God working amongst us and showing us the way and guiding us. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for speaking to us so clearly today. Lord, we heard about King Arthur, who how he stood up, Lord, and made right there where things had gone wrong. Wamsebenzisa, wabuiseli simen daweni, 
wabuiseli sisiwe, ngoweinzela yako, kwa Lord, you used him to bring your nation back to the standard that it should be at. But in the end, things went wrong. Lord, help us that we would serve you in the right way and not in our way. And Lord, help us that we do not add on or that we take away to that which is supposed to be. And Lord, that we are able to serve you in a way that pleases you and that it may not be our way. And Lord, help us. May we search our hearts. Have we not added to something or taken away to it, Lord, but that we serve you in the right way? Lord, we have heard that the right way is to go back there where we have sold with that which is yours, Lord, and that we go and take it back and that we do things in the right way. That we do not take your precious pearls, Lord, and throw them to the swine. Help us, Lord. Teach us to learn to walk with you and to know your way. And Lord, we pray as we enter into this new week, may we go with you all the way. We pray this all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.